I am here with my great friend, Cindy. Cindy, how are you doing? I'm great. Good to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Um, And I also like love the little things behind your head of like (laughs) this picture from your book. And then also like this uh, amazing little tote that we have of that says your words matter. It's so great. It's a good Um, reminder. I like to look at that every day. (laughs) Yes. I actually have it on my, like on my Yeti. Oh, that's awesome. My little, your words matter sticker. So uh, all good things. Uh, Can you introduce yourself a little bit to us? Yes. My name is Cindy Stout. And I am a recently self-published author of a book called Princess in Progress. Yeah, it's so nice to kind of see that all come to completion after all the work. Yeah. Um, I I do a lot of different things work-wise, which I think we're going to get into. I I say I retired um, a year and a half ago from what was my full-time career as a wellness coordinator to just pursue things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just been awesome to see how God has kind of <laughs> taken in that and made sure that I'm financially covered mm. and um, just continues to provide in so many ways. So that's, that's so awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about the book. I know about it, but tell, tell our listeners, plug <laughs> yes. it, share it. Um, so the book, it, like I said, it's called Princess in Progress. And Um, It is about pursuing and proclaiming your identity in Christ. And it's really the journey that I personally went on after my second divorce um, and realizing I just had no clue who I was. I looked in the mirror, didn't recognize the person. And God took me on a journey of searching the scriptures and seeing what he says about me. But then he had me writing all these verses um, out into a biblical affirmation. And he told me I needed to say them to myself in the mirror every day until I believed them. And so that's kind of the journey I take people on. um, Just some of the things that I discovered during that journey. And um, I encourage them to do the same. That's awesome. And how long have you been working on it for? Oh gosh, it from start to finish, probably about three years. It took. Wow. Yeah. So just recently retired, meaning you are also writing and working on this while you are also working. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, I started working on it probably about nine months before COVID happened. Mm. And as I was coming into the end of 2019, I was just praying and probably grumbling a little bit to God. Like, I don't have time. I have no time to write a book. And, um, and so then he coming into 2020, was like, I want you to, um, cancel your cable, your, you know, my spectrum Mm -hmm. cable. He's like, cancel that. Um, So you have some time. I'm like, okay. And so I did that and still wasn't really making any progress. And I was just like, I'm just too busy. God, I'm just too busy. And then COVID happened. And Mm. so I was working as a wellness coordinator for um, a large hospital system here in the Orlando area. And they had um, this, they called it redeployment during COVID. Mm. And so you sign an agreement and they will pay you your normal pay. Um, and you agree that if they need you somewhere else in the CIS hospital system, that within two days of them contacting you, you will go and work wherever they ask you to go work. I was like, sure. So, I mean, I'm a wellness coordinator. I'm not clinical. I'm not a nurse. Right. So there's not a whole lot of places they can use me. Right. So I'm getting paid my normal pay. 
not having to work mm. and still not making progress in my book. I was like, okay, let's look in the mirror and see oh, who's, yeah. the, who's the problem here. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was really um, an interesting time with me and God and just him yeah. like very tenderly showing me like, okay, we have to make a plan to make this happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's like really beautiful too, because that's the, that's God showing up and affirming what you were already working on. Right. Because like he allowed and made for those things to happen in the place, right? right? Like the, the resistance, no offense was within you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yes. And and then God, you know, showed up right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I don't it, have anyone else to blame anymore because <laughs> it was like, I was too busy with work. And then he took the, you know, and I'm like, at nighttime, I have to do all the things at home and then realized, wow, I do spend a lot of time. Like, even if I'm folding laundry, watching TV, it's like slow because I'm paying attention mm-hmm. to the TV show. So right. I took that away. And then, oh, well, I'm, you know, I have all these things to do after work and, and then actually getting paid and not having to work. I was like, Oh wait, I don't have any excuses. I have a lot of free time and I'm still not really making progress. So it was really good to kind of get that settled. Yeah. I think, I think as difficult as the past two and a half years have been for people, I think it was also kind of an awakening for a lot of other people in in so many different ways for me it was like a lot about like being self-sustainable and like Mm -hmm. like I got my garden going and like doing those things of just kind of getting back in touch with my roots and then for other people like yourself it was like no this is this is a time of freedom for you Mm -hmm. yeah and it really made me when I when I went back to work you know when they called us back Um, I only had to go into the office two days a week where I had to be there five days a week prior, but I realized, you know, I'm, I really enjoy working from home. Like I wasn't sure I would, but I was like, Mm. I really enjoy it. And once I got that sorted out with God, I realized I can be really productive. And when I need to, I can, I can leave the home and go to a coffee shop or somewhere to work and get a change of scenery. Um, and so I think that was just like the beginning of, um, me realizing like, I'm going to be okay. If I leave my job, like there's a lot of things I thought I needed from that job that I did. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, when, when I talk to people, I say, they ask like, Oh, what do you do? And I'm like, Hey, well, what answer do you want here? <laughs> yes, me too. I do a lot. So yes. like, I can go down the list or I can give you the answer you're kind of expecting. I can do either one. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yep. That's me too. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about like your journey at work. And I also like, I'm realizing with, with all these conversations that I have on the podcast, I also like need to ask like, where, where did work fit in, in terms of your faith journey? Meaning like, did you, did you come to Christ and in this new workplace or have you always been a Christian in this workplace or, or what have you, what did that whole kind of landscape look like? Right. I, um, I did find like, I, I was brought up in church, but I had no concept really of like a personal relationship with Jesus until much later in life. Um, and so I was saved before I started that job at the hospital. Um, 
And it was interesting because going into that space and realizing like not everybody is right, <laughs> and, and not everybody's necessarily even receptive to you talking about it or, you know, we're having a, a company lunch and I, I don't ask everybody to pray with me, but I pray and realizing that it makes people uncomfortable. So it was interesting to navigate that and to, um, it's really important to me that when people see me, like that's one of the first things they think of, oh, she's a Christian. Like she's a, an authentic mm-hmm. practicing, trying to walk the walk, which is the name of, of my um, ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that's really trying to live out their faith. And I want people to know that. And so to be able to figure a way to make that known in an atmosphere where maybe p- people are trying to keep that squashed a little bit. So. Yeah. And, and tell me like, and in, in educate me, I would tend to think that when like you're, you're working in the medical field and in, in hospitals too, right. You said, mm-hmm. is that right? Yes. Um, with hospitals, I would say like faith is a little bit more appropriate in that setting. Correct right. me if I'm wrong. That's like, that's my, my stereotyped brain. Yeah. But I think that people these days are so um, worried about offending people. Mm. Right. And so right. Um, in organizations like that, it, you know, large organizations, they're, right. you know, they're very concerned with making sure that everybody's equally represented and, you know, that we're not showing favoritism one way or another. Right. Um, and so I think they're just a little bit more sensitive to things like that, mm. um, which, you know, I understand, I guess, like that's the law in some right. ways, like they have to make sure that, but like I said, like it was really important to me to, to make sure that, um, you know, if somebody talks about Cindy, the number one thing they should mention is mm-hmm. her faith. So mm. that's because it wasn't that way. Like I have a yeah. history of like drug abuse, drug addiction. Mm. I actually overdosed three times and woke up wow. twice in the emergency room with the same emergency room nurse. Um, and wow. so like I was known for being one way mm. <laughs> and now, and I wanted to make sure that people not only saw the change, but knew why there was, yeah. there was a moment where God, um, after I had gotten saved, I was, um, a manager of a gym and one of my employees came in to work on her day off. And uh, she was sitting in the office and just kind of slumped in her chair. And I was like, what are you doing here? Why are you here on your day off? And she started talking about some issues she was having at home. And she said, you know, um, you wouldn't understand you've got your life all together. And God like really convicted me in that moment. Like you have to let people know, you know, where I brought you from and that it was mm-hmm. me that did it and that I yeah. can do it for you. So, yeah. wow. That's that. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think too, that's maybe one of the buckets that Christians kind of get put in is, is, you know, you have your whole life together. I've lost friends over that before of people who think that, my life looks perfect and ideal and you know what have you and of course you know social but it was a close friend it was a close friend of mine and and our friendship suffered because that was her impression of of me when really that's it's not true for those listening (laughs) Cindy and I were just talking about how my husband is uh, recovering from a operation to remove a cancer tumor. So promise you life's not perfect here. (laughs) Right. 
but yeah, that, that is a struggle. And I think too, um, I, I always struggle with allowing myself to be accessible to those people and, 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 you know, not people who would maybe fear speaking up in that regard, that, that gal who was sitting in your office, you know, like that for I think for other people that might be a fearful thing to say to someone right like your life looks perfect that's like that's a pretty bold statement to make to someone else you know right yeah and so um being able to have kind of that openness without glamorizing it I guess is yeah is what I struggle with too so what did it look like in, in your most recent job? What did it look like kind of practically for you? You know, you were talked about this woman who, you know, came to your office and you, and you were able to minister to her. Um, but kind of on the, I, I actually say that's probably like a fringe example. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like that doesn't happen every day. Um, I, that would be beautiful if it happened every day. Right. Yes, it would be awesome. But um, what does kind of like the day-to-day look like for you in, in terms of practicing your faith? So um, in that in that job at the hospital, it, um, I just took every opportunity that I had to get my faith out there. Yeah. Um, so like I'm known now for this mug that says, I don't know if you see God's <laughs> crazy about you. It's actually the tagline for my church and they mm. sell product. Um, and so I just carried that everywhere we went or pe- we would g- come into a meeting and um, people would say, gosh, you're, you're always in a good mood, you know? And I'm like, that's yeah. Jesus. That's just the Jesus in mm. me. And so, you know, it's not that I was necessarily evangelizing, but I was giving the credit and the glory where where it was due. Um, and, and then there's a scripture, Titus two ten that says to, that we're supposed to make the teachings about Jesus look attractive to others. Mm. And so I really, a few years ago, kind of took that to heart. Like, am I making Jesus look attractive so that people that don't know him want to know him? Mm. And so I tried to live that out in the way I did my job and the way I treated others. And, um, you know, if people started kind of grumbling or talking about other employees, I was like, Hey, let's, you know, I, I tried to not be ashamed mm-hmm. to just say, Hey, let's, let's not talk about someone else, you know, that's not here. Um, and just really try to authentically live out the gospel. Mm, that's beautiful too. Cause like, I have so many things going on in my mind off of that, because I think too, making Jesus look, you know, attractive and what he teached a attractive to people i don't want people to hear that and think like watering down the gospel like that that's not what i think you're saying no it's it's more so making it approachable right and and if you have kind of this humility and you're kind of walking in the way hopefully people will want to walk the same way Right. And, you know, during that time I was there, I actually lost both of my parents. Mm. (laughs) And so, um, you know, a lot of, 
like the close coworkers, but even some um, of the, you know, in the larger organization saw me again, like walk through the, both of those processes. And, um, and I always just thought like, you know, like, I, of course I mourned them, but mm. I also knew they were with Jesus. So there's that yeah. hope. I'm like, well, they both had cancer. I'm like, thank goodness that they're not suffering anymore. They lived full lives. They, yeah. you know, they were elderly. And, um, and so when people would ask, I was, you know, I'd be like, yes, I miss them. But, and I would, uh, would go on and tell them all the reasons why I could be joyful and I was happy. Um, and I think that that's like one of those ways we make Jesus attractive is that we handle normal life, mm -hmm. um, circumstances and problems and issues in a different way with from the lens of hope and the lens of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I ran into that with, um, with my husband and, and his recent diagnosis of there was the human fear, just like of the process, I guess. But God told me months before this happened that everything was going to be okay. And so I was talking to one of my best friends and she goes, I was a little worried about how unaffected you were by this because, <laughs> because you were like so chill about it. And I was like, you know, that doesn't make me love my husband any less, but it, it helps me have as much hope in Jesus as, right. as I'm supposed to. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think when, when we're able to model that out, it, it can reflect Jesus in, in, in a way that is hopeful to people. Right. And it's funny when you said making Jesus attractive, I immediately went to like kind of the beautifying of scripture that's happening. Mm. Like that's where my mind went. And I was like, yes, because <laughs> you also help write for um, seasonally present, which is one of the magazines that, that I am producing. And one of the kind of core truths that I hold for this magazine is imperfect, but beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, you, you look at magazines right now and you just see these like cookie cutter kind of things that are like, really like, that's nice, but that's not me. Again, everything's mm -hmm. retouched and whatnot, but I just wanted it to be like, yeah, this is, you know, it, it might be imperfect, but I still want it to be attractive and beautiful because I think that God created beauty on purpose. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Sorry. I mean, that was a little show Then him. And I mean, just the picture he paints for heaven, like mm. we know that beauty matters to him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, beauty is even talked about in, in scripture. And, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, and I can't pull the exact scripture, but I know that there are some verses where it said, said like a woman would be blessed with beauty right. or God blessed her with beauty. And mm -hmm. so, you know, beauty is, is okay. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I feel like I'm too, you know, superficial, of course there's a line there, but also right. God honors beauty as well. I don't know why yeah. that was important to me today. <laughs> 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 yeah, but it's true. Yeah. So take me through a little bit of like a life in Cindy, a day in a life of Cindy when it came to um 
kind of your routine and your flow. I'm sorry. Do you have kids? I don't. I have okay. two, two cats. Two cats. <laughs> I'm okay. Single. Um. Um. I'm divorced. Single. Um. With two cats. So, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Because this always changes the conversation too of like whether or not you have kids. I don't have kids, so like my life looks very different than my neighbor who yes. does have kids. Um, <laughs> yes. So what does a day in the life of Cindy look like? Yeah. So, you know, when I retired from that full-time position, like, like you said, like um, when people ask what I do, I do a lot of things. Like my Jamaican friends tell me like, I'm an honorary Jamaican because I have so many jobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so day in the life of me, most of my mornings, I get up. The first thing I do is Bible study. So I start the day with God. Um, I would say on 80% of the days I do my Bible study before I even touch my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important because I realize like I get really tied up in that. So I, I tried to make that um, a, a focus, but I always start my day uh, in the word in some way. Some days I have a longer time, like I might have an hour and a half, other days it might be 20 minutes, but I, I have to start there. I absolutely notice a difference if I don't in how I approach the day um, and how I'm able to handle the day. Um, it's kind of like the hangry people um, when they don't eat. Um, I get there yes. that way when I don't eat oh, the bread of life in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm much more enjoyable to be around when I've met with Jesus first. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then my mornings, um, one of the things I do to earn income is I teach fitness classes and do personal training. So most of my mornings are filled up with either teaching classes or training clients. And then I'll come home and uh, get into some of the other things that I do. So I am a content writer for a nonprofit that does work in South Africa. So um, I couldn't be doing any writing that I have to do for them. I am a life coach and mentor for survivors of trafficking and domestic violence. So if I have sessions scheduled there, um, I'll, I'll do those sessions. And, um, and then I do my, I'm working on additional books and, um, coaching clients just kind of for myself. So uh, I'll do that. Mm. Wow. Busy. (laughs) Um, And what does your kind of involvement in like your local church look like? And how do you make sure to kind of prioritize that? Yeah. So I, um, I've been at my church, current church for about 11 years. And before that I was at a nearby church. Um, I was a youth leader there. So I was in youth ministry. When I came to this church, it was after my divorce and I, um, I got involved in women's ministry, which I had not been involved in before. And about, I would say a year and a half ago, they kind of did away with women's ministry. Um, they're focusing more on just life groups. Like they want people to have small groups and homes. And so we used to gather as women on, um, Monday evenings first, it used to be every Monday evening. Then after COVID, it was uh, once a month on mon- on a Monday evening. And then we had a one day retreat, which actually was really well attended, almost 300 people. And then wow. after that, they kind of stopped <laughs> women's mm-hmm. ministry. So I, I mean, I still attend church there. Uh, before COVID, I had started a women's Facebook group for our church. And my goal with that was to actually, um, 
just bring women together virtually, but I've <laughs> never been great with technology. So until COVID happened, all I really did was post here and there. Right. And then COVID happened and it was literally the women's ministry leader at that time, the, the day they shut everything down, but like, we got to start doing online, you know, Bible studies <laughs> through Facebook. Let's go. Yes. I'm like, okay. It was like, God, <laughs> like pushed me out of the nest. And so I started, we, we still do a weekly morning devotional through that Facebook group. Uh, we just finished doing, going through my book. So we do book studies um, online and I, like, I always invite people to come to my house if they want to, but everybody just does zoom now. Yeah. Um, so I stay involved that way, even though we don't have a, a formal women's ministry at our church, I try to keep the women um, unified a little bit through that Facebook group and page. Mm. Um, so that's kind of my serving. I, I say my serving aspect. Um, I think that would be maybe where I find the most challenge, like, even though I know I'm serving in that capacity and what I do there, yeah. I feel like it's not real serving. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and so I, I, I always have this, like, and I guess it's the enemy. I always have this like guilt, like I'm not doing enough to serve at my local mm. church, but, yeah. um, again, you know, I'm still doing that group and I will continue to do it, um, because it's a passion of mine. So, yeah. um, Yeah. I love that. And in terms of, I haven't asked this question before on the podcast, but I'm just kind of curious of what you say, what could the church capital C do as a whole to help better minister to or support people that I call them the normal people, the people who go to work every day, you know, the people who, cause you have a lot of like moms groups and you have a lot of, you know, you have like, I don't know, my church has like men's breakfast on Saturday morning. And I'm like, yeah, that's like all good. But like when, when it comes to, when it comes to, I guess, educating and like mentoring and ministering to people who likelihood they work a full-time job adults mm -hmm. like I feel like that's kind of a gap which is in part why I started this podcast but right you know I think like it can also stem from church community so I'd love to hear your thoughts about that yeah I um I mean one thing I think we talk about this in the writer's community is like, if you want to know how you can serve people, ask them. Right. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes the big C church will just make decisions without maybe mm. consulting the people they're making the decisions for. Mm. Um, and I kind of think of the women's ministry when I, at, at my church, when I think about that, um, like women just love to get together it face to face, like right. we're, we're just that way. And so I know that a lot of women still struggle with the fact that we don't do that, um, mm. as a group. So I think checking in with those who work, like we have these prayer nights, we have actually one coming up. It's a prayer and worship night at church. It starts at six 30. And that's, I, in my opinion, especially like, like with traffic and people getting home and trying yeah. to eat. And if you have kids trying to get kids fed, that's a, that's really a long shot to get yeah. there by six 30. And I, I kind of, you know, I made a comment on the post about the event. I'm like, Hey, like I, I personally teach till seven a class till seven 15 on Wednesday nights. Yeah. So I can't, 
make it. And, you know, I said, Hey, well, how long is it going to go? Well, it's only going to go till eight. So I could get there maybe by seven 30, if I push it and make half a half an hour of it. Yeah. But I, and then a couple other people commented like, yeah, till I get, you know, home from work and, um, kids try to get the kids and, together. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of people just kept commenting the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so, and I know the same thing, like at our church, they have once a month, they call it the gathering. Um, and it was to replace the women's nights and the men's nights and things that we used to have. And it's this gathering where they come together once a month on a Wednesday and they try to get people connected so they can start small groups. Well, again, I like, I tell them, I'm like, I teach on Wednesday nights, every Wednesday night. So if I am even to try to come to one of those, I would have to get coverage for my class, right. you know, my work. Um, and so it's not a realistic, you know, for even someone like me. Yeah. Um, and then I think about, you know, healthcare workers, or we have a, I'm, you know, I'm around the theme parks. So we've got universal and Disney and stuff. Mm -hmm. So people have weird schedules, you know, never day, always days off and things like that. So really, I think reaching out to the people Mm. that you want to serve and ask them, like, what would you like to see? Would you, know, would you want something starting at eight o'clock at night? Do you want an early morning? Do you want a lunchtime? Do you want a weekend? What would you like? And, and really, you know, seeking out the input of the people that you are looking to serve. Yeah. I think you said a lot of good things there. And I, I don't want people listening to think that like church ministries have to be geared towards everyone because you're never like I work in PR. That's, that's a rule of thumb. You're never going to please everyone always like that's, that's a general rule. But I think Cindy and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it's more so just a general consensus. And you, you touched on a really important thing of like the community in which you live, right? Like you're, you're with people who, you know, a lot of the members of the church might work at the theme parks and have weird hours just because they live like, like I could imagine, um, places out here, there's kind of more industrial areas that have like a ton of warehouses where I'm like, okay, like how can you take people's jobs into consideration when you're building up this community and building church programs, um, and ministering to these people? Well, right. That's yeah. Huge. Cause that would be probably like shift work, kind of like at the hospital yeah. too. You yeah, know, if you're talking about warehouses and factories and things like that, people have these set different schedules. Yeah. And also like if if any of them are truckers, right? Like they're they're gonna be on the road a lot. And you know, and I know for it changes depending on the size of your church community, but like so for my church, for example, I think they do a pretty fair good job of of making sure that there's something kind of spanning the week. So we have, I don't know, at any one point, like eight or 10 classes going, I go to a pretty big church, um, like eight or 10 classes going and they're all at different times of the week on different days. Some are in the morning, some are in the afternoon, some are in the evening, you know, and these, they ride that entire scope of time because I'm like, yeah, you know, they, they have identified, I, I would like to think it is intentional, but I would identify that like, Hey, not all women can come to a noon on Tuesday Bible study because those women might work too. Right. So Mm -hmm. 
I think, yeah, just knowing, knowing your audience, it's a mark, it's a, such a marketing and we talk about it in writing groups too. know your audience, know your audience right. and, and also just ask them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I said, like, I, I know that my church has a vision. Um, and so on understanding that maybe it's not my preference that we don't do women's ministry anymore, but I'm not going to leave the church because they're not right. serving women the way I think they should. Like they, yes, yeah. they absolutely have their vision that they have their plan. They can't serve everybody um, and do it well. And so I just kind of roll with it. But yeah. yeah, if they, you know, if they are looking to serve a specific group, they should definitely seek their input and find out what would, what might work best for them. Yeah. For me, um, not necessarily that like, oh, every, you know, sermon needs to be geared towards the working person. But I think that we talk a lot about family and home life and maybe missions and giving and serving, but how much of that conversation includes your work days? Right. Because I would argue to say a lot of like, all those things are very important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we should skip over talking about having God in your family. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. Um, but, and uh, we work almost more than yes. we see our family during the week. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, there needs to be hard conversations had about, you know, how, to, how to balance it all and how to just have enough energy, emotional and physically and otherwise to get up and go to church and serve and volunteer and take your kids and all of that stuff. Right. Yeah, for sure. We yeah. spend so much time at work and even yeah. like more and more, like I don't think a rate, a, a straight 40 hour work week. I don't, there's few people that probably have that. Like most right. people are working more than 40 hours. Yeah. And, and I mean, I would say like, I know very many people who have worked in full-time ministry in a church and y'all work your butts off too. But I will also add, it comes with its own struggles and its own hiccups. That is different than the working man, the nine to five or right over there because y'all work weekends and, you know, you might have, I think some people do like either we have church on Saturday and Sunday. So I think people do Friday and Monday off or Monday and Tuesday off or, mm -hmm. you know, however it shakes out, but that's different. That's again, that's not the majority of people. I would argue to say the majority of people work for someone else. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I always like this question because I think it's hard and convicting. And also I want like people to know that like, we're not perfect. And like, as Christians, we struggle too. What would you say is your biggest struggle when it comes to practicing your faith? Wow. Um, I think for me, it's because I'm single and I do, you know, a lot of Bible study and stuff on my own. Mm. it's finding community and, um, and practicing and, and Bible and doing Bible study and things with a community because mm. it's just, is so much easier 
for me to get up and do it when, yeah. you know, <laughs> on my own. And when I, when I, when it strikes me, I sometimes will do it right before bed. So it's easier for me to say, well, I'm still in the word and I'm still going to church. Um, so I have to be really be intentional and kind of talk myself into, I love when I'm doing group group stuff, but yeah. it, it sometimes is like, ah, it's just easier for me to do it by myself. Yeah. And, and sometimes like I have a little bit of anxiety brain. And so sometimes like my brain makes it a lot bigger than it actually is. It's kind of like going to the gym where you like dread all the way up to it and then you get it over with and you're like, okay, like it really wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have the same feelings when we had just a regular recurring kind of small group going on with, with some folks from our church. And I had like, I dread it. Like I, at the end of my day, I don't want to be social. (laughs) I just want to go to bed and lay in bed and watch movies. Um, but at the end of it, I like, I've never walked away from a home group being like, Oh, well that was a waste of my time. (laughs) Right. I'll never get that time. Yeah, no, it's never like that. But like you said, like at the end of the day, you know, my morning, well, most of my day, most of the things I do, like I'm teaching classes. So I'm talking all the time. I'm personal training people, you know, so I'm talking, explaining, correcting, I'm coaching people. So I'm like talking, talking, talking all day long. And sometimes mm. I'm like, I just don't want to talk anymore. Even if it's about the word, I don't want to yeah. talk anymore. Um, so yeah. So sometimes it's like, oh, I just want to go to bed, but you always feel better when you've done yeah. it. See, I have the opposite problem where I'm like, I have to force myself to talk to people during the day, because if I don't, I'm not talking to anyone. Oh, well, like uh, my husband can't currently talk. So now I really can't talk to anyone, <laughs> Right, but well, like he's, he's off and he's not talking back. <laughs> yeah. Like we we've been texting a lot. <laughs> hey, it works. <laughs> it works. Uh, but like, he's off in his office. I'm up in here in my office. We don't have kids. We don't live with anyone else. And I realize I'm like, Oh, there's some days I don't even like go outside <laughs> that has since changed since I bloomed my garden. But like <laughs> there was a time, especially over COVID, like where I'm like, I didn't go outside today. I should probably change that. Or like, I didn't talk to anyone today. I should right. probably change that. Yeah, I should work on that. <laughs> I realized uh, when I went, started going to social events after like the whole COVID thing happened, my voice would get sore. And I'm like, I am not used to talk. talk right. I'm not used to talking this much. That's awesome. Because I was working from home. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, you know, working with other people and all that stuff. And that's, that's, yeah, that's my opposite thing. But I could hear how you're talking all day. Not only like, does that get tiresome, but it's also harder to kind of like quiet and decompress after all of it. Right you just kind of want to keep going yeah <laughs> yeah uh, back when I when I was married I would get home and you know my ex-husband would be like so how was your day I'm like it was good <laughs> he's mm-hmm. like that's all you got I'm like I don't want to talk anymore mm-hmm. so and that's yeah. huge and and recognizing that as like your own boundary and like if you are married or if you have roommates or whatever it is, like being able to kind of communicate that boundary to them of like, Hey, this is like a limitation that I have right now. Like, and, and being able to not necessarily 
ignore their need to decompress from the day, but finding a solution between the two of those things. Right. Maybe I, I need a little time out first. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's funny that, um, when God had me like get rid of my cable and stuff, I realized that living alone, I would come home and just put the TV on just to have somebody yeah. like some sound in yeah. there because I, I didn't have anybody at home to talk to. Yeah. Um, then yeah, it did serve as a distraction. And I realized like maybe because I'm talking all the time for work, like I get used to having sound all the time when God, like he says, be still. <laughs> and yeah. um, I can't hear him if I've, if there's constantly other input coming in, whether it's my voice or someone else's voice, like you have, I have to have times of quiet and silence. Yeah. And yeah and I realized I, I read something, I can't even remember where I read it, but I would, I wish I could remember so I can give the person credit, but um, it was saying how you get to know the voices around you and mm-hmm. like, you know, your spouse's voice, you know, your friend's voice or whatever. And, and, and it's because you have spent time listening to them. Um, and so if you're having a hard time hearing God's voice, how much time have you spent listening to him? And mm-hmm. that like really shook me. I was like, Oof. yeah, Oof. like that hits. Yes. And I, you know, um, there was a time there's been church homes where, um, in the, you know, there's the philosophy that, um, you know, women can't teach men or almost like, you know, men are kind of above us in the hierarchy, patriarchy. Um, and so for a long time, I had this doubt when I would, you know, I'd be in my quiet time and I'm journaling and getting stuff from God. And then I'd be like, Ooh, like, was that from you? And then, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it was the same day I'd go to church and, and the, the pastor would speak it from stage. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. That was you God. And, but I wouldn't believe it until it was validated mm. by someone else. I yeah. doubted that I was hearing from him until it was validated by someone else. Um, and so I had this time about a year and a half ago where God really kind of solidified that for me. Like, listen, I'm speaking to you. Yes. Right. You know, my voice, you've confirmed it enough times now, like right. just trust that you're hearing my voice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and save you some of that lag time, Yes, <laughs> I guess. And just getting God to, to move in the moment. And right. yeah, that's huge. I think too, like for me, when, when it comes to hearing God's voice, it's very like absolute. I, I'm writing a devotional right now. And it's like, if you have to ask if it's God vo- God's voice, it probably isn't. It probably isn't. <laughs> Like if you, if you question it, then you're like, okay, that like God's voice is very absolute, at least in my brain and and how he talks to me. So, right. Yeah. Cindy, this has been lovely. I always like to wrap up with one final question for our listeners. And that is what is one faith building practice that they can implement into their life this week to move them closer to God? I think I like talking from my own experience and my own life is that I had to make the choice to make my faith a priority, Mm. whether it was my quiet time with him, um, 
going to church, you know, that weekly commitment to actually get in the car and go to church and not get lazy and just listen from home every week. Yeah. Um, but I had to make it a priority. And there was a time when, um, and I coach people through this all the time, like I literally had to put it in my calendar and block off the time and, and say like, this is my time, this is my time. And, it, and it's an appointment that I have to keep. Like it's an mm-hmm. appointment with my boss. Um, he's, he's even a bigger boss. Right. But right. I mean, now it's just a yeah. habit. Like I get up and I do my Bible study first thing in the morning. Um, but we have to make that choice. Like God wants to spend time with us, but he doesn't force us. Mm. And, and that whole scenario of me, like, I don't have time. I don't have time. Like I just was choosing not to make time, yeah. you know, and, and we make time and make time for the things that are important to us. And mm. so I would just encourage, like, find a moment, find five minutes in every day that you can get with God. If it's a commute to work, um, I mean, the whole, this whole podcast, like a revolution is amazing. You, yeah. I, I just went away. I took, did like a five and a half hour drive to visit a friend. Um, and it was five and a half hours each way. Like I just like binged a couple different podcasts. Like, yeah. This is amazing. Um, yeah. so yeah. And I remember when I had to go after work, after COVID have to, had to go back to work. I was working in an office that was about seven miles from me after COVID. They made me go into downtown Orlando, which mm. it's like 22 miles, but like, it could be an hour and a half. depending right. on <laughs> I was, I was not happy. I would come in just grumbling. And I was like, you know what? Um, I need to I, like, I listened to worship music, but it wasn't doing it. And so I started mm. listening to sermons on my way yeah. to church. At, it just got me focused and got me in the right frame of mind before I got there. So that, um, that I was making use of that time. And I was just hearing from God that whole time. Yeah. Yeah, That's super special. When I had to commute long hours, I would always um, do phone calls to family. I would always call my husband. I would call my grandma. I'd call my mom, call my sisters and just talk to them because it was like an hour and a half drive. Yep. I used to do it too. I would, when my parents were alive, I would always call them when I was driving. And so I would call my dad's like, what are you doing driving? I'm like, yep. Yep. have you on speaker. Let's talk. (laughs) That's wonderful. Cindy, thank you so much. Now, where can people find you and find your book and give us all the deets? Yeah. So my book is available on Amazon. Um, It's princess in progress, pursuing and proclaiming your identity in Christ. I can be found on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I use Facebook mostly, but um, I'm also on Instagram. Um, It helps that when you post to Instagram, it goes to both. That kind of streamlines that process. Um, And then I I have a business page, which is Walking the Walk Ministries, and it's helping um, women to pursue an authentic and thriving walk with Christ. And Walking the Walk Ministries is also on Instagram and Facebook. I love it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome. I love it. So go and uh, prioritize God this week. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. If you liked what you were listening to, make sure you subscribe and hit those five stars and we'll catch you on the next episode.